everything was awake. Like the people were, not maybe not every single person, but lots of people were awake. The nature was wild awake. There was a nature-human interface that was conscious. It just was alive. Like, like when you go into a forest and you're just like, whoa. Welcome, I'm Peter Williams, and for the past 10 years, I've been connecting with thousands of people from the stage and online to help them discover the importance of spiritual and energetic practices so they can thrive with confidence, clarity, and purpose. It is time to awaken your connection, align with your soul, and achieve your own inner power right here on the Inner Power Podcast. Well, welcome back to the Inner Power Podcast. I am so excited because I have managed to wrangle some time, pull some spiritual strings, and I've got the wonderful Sarah Wiseman back live with me here. So good to have you back, Sarah. How you been? Oh, really great, Peter. It's great to chat with you again today. Thank you. I know, and we've been uh, chatting between episodes, <laughs> catching up, getting to know each other a little bit more. It's been absolutely awesome. And for those who don't know, uh, Sarah has been a guest on Inner Power before, and you can obviously go and find that episodes on the podcast list or here on YouTube if you want to as well. Sarah is a renowned author, 16 titles under her belt, more to come, 1,200 podcasts under her belt, more to come. This lady (laughs) is just an absolute insane work train by the sounds of it, but I love it because she's found the time to have a chat to us today. And we are going to be talking about something that is very prominent in our field. And Sarah herself is a wonderful visionary teacher and mentor, and we are going to be picking her brains. And today it's going to be about the big question that many people, when they jump into this world, is about the trust factor. If you're not familiar with the trust factor, it's also known as self-doubt. And we're talking about this on a channeling perspective. So when you're tapping into that grand universe and channel, sometimes we ask ourselves, how do I know whether it's me and how do I know when it's them? So who better to ask than Sarah herself? So Sarah, how many times have you heard this question? Yes, I have heard this question. Thousands of times, probably even with uh, with people, yeah, yeah, and it's it's usually when people get the information that they've most wanted to hear, and it's like the perfect information, and then they're like, "But how do I know I'm just not making it up?" It's That's just phrase, over and it? over. Yeah. How do I know I'm not making up? If we only had a yeah. dollar for every time yeah. someone asked us or mentioned that, we would not be having to be working yeah. as much as we know. We love our work. We're here for yeah. love it. I even have I even have in the piece I do a lot of teaching and in the in the lesson that teaches people how to do this technique the very next part is how do I know I'm not making this up that's the title of it <laughs> to just be like okay yeah I know that you guys are all going to feel this and then you know cuz some people devolve into this idea of like it's my ego talking or I just wanted to hear it or yeah. um I uh, you know it's just fantasy So I just say, leave that question on the table for a while. Just like, yes, I hear your question. How do I know? I'm not making it up. Just relax that. And then I want you to go do this process six more times and then tell me if you think you're making it up still or not. 
Well, it's interesting that we're going to get into that. We're going to get into this. Like Sarah's got some amazing tips and processes for anybody who's asked that question. And I'm pretty much guaranteed if you're listening to this or you're watching this, you've asked this yourself this question at some point in time. And you know what? I have, I'm not exempt from that. I have done it. And I know Sarah has done it. And before we get into those, you know, it's so important to, you know, Sarah and I are so we're on the same wavelength about ensuring and showing people that as much as we embrace this work, we love our work and we tap in and we channel, but we're still human and we have yeah. the human experience. And this is where I really want to bring it in. Now, Sarah, it was lovely because last time in our episode, if you want to be linked in the show notes here, is that you had your big breakthrough, your spiritual meltdown, uh, maybe the shamanic death aspect uh, around it. It really is. And, you know, that's mm. when that moment, for those who, who weren't aware, Sarah was on a beach literally crying her eyes out about my life is not working. And then you just had a moment. So for those who didn't catch it, let's very, very briefly walk us through that moment again. Well, I really was angry with the universe because I really wanted to be a fiction novelist, literally. Uh, oh, come on, I know that you want to be a yeah. chick flick novelist. Chick, chick flick, flick novelist. novelist. Yes, I'm saying it proud. And, there's <laughs> that, and, and I really, really wanted to do this. I mean, I'd been working on it for like four years. I had, I think I'd written four novels and sent them off to publishers. And I had I, I didn't share this on the previous episode, but I had I had this weird thought that I needed to get 40 rejections and then something would happen. I didn't share that before, but I I just had this thing okay. like just keep sending them out. That's a very get... random number. Where did that come so from? It, was that was that was that just a it thought? Just, that's probably... It just it just popped in my head like you wow, need 40. Okay. But I thought, so I thought at the end of the 40, I would have an accepted chiclet novel. Yep. But that isn't what happened. I believe I sent the chiclet novel to the, it was either the 40th or the 41st, like whichever that line was crossed and it was sitting with that agent. So I sent it off and then I was just, nothing had happened. All these 40 rejections it's awful. You get these, thank you for sending, bleh. It's just these horrible rejections from publishers, or, or maybe you just don't even hear. And I was just on the beach crying, like, what? I don't get it. Like, I'm working so hard. Yeah. I thought this was my path. All I'm doing is getting rejected. And then this idea of if whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Like I give that up. If I'm not supposed to do this, if I'm supposed to do something else, I let go of the whole dream. It just was like, it's obviously not working. And and that was when the next day, the agent that I'd sent that 40th or 41st, I don't know what you count as being done with 40. <laughs> that was the person that contacted me and said, you know, the novel won't work, but would you like to do she, she said, it feels like you're channeling something in this work. Would you like to write a book about channeling? And that was the start of everything. You know, that was, and I think, I think that, so the agent, usually it takes agents a very long time to sell books, but I think that that, that was contracted like really fast, like within a month or so. Wow. Which, you know, is not how it happens normally. That was yeah, just how it process. happened then. Mm. And then, you know, the universe is so funny because 
then I had this book to write about channeling and I, I really didn't know, <laughs> didn't know how to do it. <laughs> I didn't know how to do it. Hang on. Just- <laughs> let's, let's just put that in context. Here's a person who's a channel but is not yes. sure how to write a channeled book. Yeah. I love that already. I love that. So, yeah, I mean, I had been channeling. So sort of this timeline is a little mixed up, but I had been channeling. But I had this strange process where I would just go sit on this old sofa and it would arrive, but I couldn't make it happen. Mm. I actually thought this is, I thought maybe it's the sofa, you know, like maybe the sofa <laughs> is magic and I'm just, just like, I couldn't figure it out. And so, so then she said, so this was the the gift is like, please write us a book about channeling. And so I had some channeling to provide, but then they're like, well, this is great, but this is only half a book. Please write about how to do the channeling process, you know, and, and this is where I didn't know. And so that was the start of, okay, how do you do this stuff? Like, how do you channel? How do you channel in writing? So I had to go and research that. Like, what what was that even in the past? Like, in the past, oh, okay. I found out that mm. people would channel on long strips of wallpaper so that their hand would not, you know, if you're trying to channel on a little piece of paper, you have to keep going back and forth. But if you're channeling with your eyes closed, you want to just be able to keep writing. So I got these very ancient books uh, that were channeled like from the late 1800s. Wow. And I just dived into it. And then I was like, well, how do I do my process? Well, my process is I don't use a pen. I close my eyes and I type on a laptop. And how does that work? It comes in this ear, like all these picking apart, like how does it happen? Wow, and that was- really how- had to slow down and yeah. snapshot yourself doing the process. Right. Wow. And that's not easy because when you're in channel, usually your energy is moving a lot faster. It's not yeah. uh, the easiest thing to to slow down or stop and focus on the each element. So well, that's yeah. an impressive process. Yeah. And what it was to me is I didn't know that I would be teaching this work, but that was the first place of, okay, let's break it down and here's how you do it. And suddenly I realized there's other things I want to learn how to do and I want to learn how to teach that also. Wow. It was a baptism by fire, really, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like, here's your channeling, here's your path, but provide us with a book on how to do it. And you're like, okay, I do it. Yeah. It's so understanding. So that's amazing. That's, that is what I love about that is it's like the moment you've surrendered, the path has become kind of revealed and they've helped you along the way. I think it's that whole take your hands off the steering wheel for a second because clearly how you're driving or where you're driving is not paying dividends. And as soon as you let it go to autopilot and let universe take over, they can take you where you Mm -hmm. need to be. So that takes a lot of trust. And that's why it brings it up like, you know, to do that and have that element. Now, of course, like that's mean going from that very first, I love the fact that like 24 hours, like universe has provided an opening and showing you the way. And that's led to far more books and and writing and, and channeling. But let's have a look at it because clearly, you know, I know from my side of things, going through it, I love the way you said, like, well, you do struggle with your own head, what you're receiving. Mm-hmm. How, like, when you look at this, how have you dealt with that trust factor? Or how have you kind of managed to negate or work on or the self-doubt? Mm-hmm. What, what's something that you've done through your career to help with that? Yes, this isn't quite answering exactly that question. But the first part of that is in receiving the channeling, I received 
spiritual teachings and I knew that it wasn't, I trusted that it was from another source because I really didn't understand what I was writing. Like I was writing all this information and it didn't really make sense to me. Like I, I hadn't elevated up enough to the level to understand it yet. So I knew that's one part. I knew what was coming through Mm -hmm. was higher level than my understanding was. That's specifically about the channeling, or maybe you could even say like with you're dealing with the guides or in mediumship, the information that comes in is is higher level than your personality knows. The other part is the trust part for me is I I use a lot of tools and I, I teach this way too, too, like I'll use clairvoyant visioning and I'll use mediumship and I'll use channeling and I'll use the body and I'll use nature. And so it's almost like this cross-checking of tools for every question. And that really takes away any false false leads or false ideas if you're cross-checking across different systems. And then I also tell people, or I also work with, you know, you don't just go in and, and ask for guidance once and there's the answer. It's more <laughs> yes. like you, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, sometimes If we could do that, that with happens. a lotto ticket, it would be a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but you don't you don't just do that once. It, it's a practice. And what you're looking for is the pattern of information that starts to come over time. Oh, that's what oh, it is. Big words, yeah. big, so important. Like yeah. practice number one and patterns. They're so important. The pattern. Yeah. And so you developed your own kind of cross-referencing to help you recognize these patterns? Yeah, exactly. And wow. a lot of so I I work with two ideas within this is like a, a what is it a the george harrison song uh within and without and the time will come when you see we're all one and life goes on within you and without you so within you go within and you do your meditation and you do your dreaming and you do your visioning and and you do the guides and the mediumship and your body and you receive that way and then you go without into the big world and you just wait for events and synchronicities and people to come at you and everything's answering the same question. Like all the within and all the without is like, it forms a pattern so you can see what's, what's happening. I like that because with those and with those patterns and the way you're talking about letting you know, people, places, all these like universe provide these answers to you from different places. With that, are you? Do you have that like process when you, you have? Because I know I've done it, and I've always said to spirit, my thing is, if I'm not listening, <laughs> which is probably more often than not, <laughs> um, because I'm doing up listening. But I always say, if it's really urgent and I'm not getting the message, I say, please bring me three different people with the mm-hmm. same message on the same day. Like I mm-hmm. get super mm-hmm. specific with a pattern, mm-hmm. and even when I get to two, I'm like, I'm already paying attention. <laughs> I'm like that little, like, you know, the pretty prairie dog on the, on the plane going, what, mm-hmm. what, what, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm already started because it's a pattern. And you like, do you find that, like, you wait? Or have you ever waited for, like, you might get one answer, but with your cross-reference, you're waiting for it to come again? Is that something that you use? Absolutely, yeah. I, and especially sometimes, you know, this phrase, like, divine timing is not our timing. And so sometimes... Either the answer isn't ready for us yet, or we're not ready for the answer yet, or we need to learn more in order to understand the answer. So 
I don't worry. Like I talk about this idea of the word I use is strands. So strands to me are chunks of synchronicities patterned together. And so you might have a strand, like maybe you're working on a work strand and maybe you're working on a romance strand and a health strand and a money strand and a travel strand, different parts of your life. And so some of those might be activated, really flowing fast, and others might just be stuck in the mud for a couple years, just like that's not moving. And so I always look at this idea, like what's moving, what's working, that's where I put my attention. If something's really stuck, I just kind of let it rest. So part of it is about not all, not only getting answers, but knowing sometimes the timing of the answer is not now, and that's fine. Like you can just, it's okay. You don't have to know everything at once. Yeah, we have to. And I think that's a very important point for a lot of listeners to stress is you have to relax on the timing. Not everything's about the now. I think that's a big thing. You can ask the question, but it doesn't mean you're going to get the answer now. Well, and if you go back, Peter, to that idea of like where I wanted, I was asking that question about the the chiclet book, chiclet, chiclet, you know, ask, ask, ask. Like I'm asking the wrong question, right? (laughs) I was asking the wrong question. So when I slowed it down and just let all that go, the answer was, the answer had probably been there a long time. I just hadn't seen it. I love that. That is so true. We forget sometimes we might be asking the wrong questions and we might be going, because we look at it and I suppose, you know, in, in this situation that you're talking about that you went through, like I've been through it myself going, but why isn't this happening? Why is this is, I put so much time and energy and effort into this and, and, but why isn't this happening? Like, I want this, I've worked towards this, you know, you've helped me this far. Why stop it now kind of thing. And then yeah. it's simply because we're not seeing the turn they had in you know, mm-hmm. in in that process for us. And I love that. Yeah. And I think that stems back to, we forget if you're not getting a good answer, you're not asking good enough question. Yeah. And I love we, that. And I love that you've brought that up. Yeah. Or sometimes maybe like I will ask to, or I'll offer to people to ask the broadest question, like instead of does person A have a crush on me, you know, a common question that lots of people would you know, want that answer to is like, the question might be, show me the true nature of my relationship with person A. So it sort of takes that whole yeah. crush thing out. It just like, show me, show me what's really there. But isn't even just hearing you say that the difference in the question, as soon as you word it, you just kind of go, that's so much more robust. It's so much more profound. And it seems to me like I was hearing that guy, that's so much clearer. Yeah. Like, because, because the universe, if the universe already knows that that um, person A, uh, you know, like is a totally horrible person for you, they don't want to talk about crushes. They want to talk about, you know, let's look at what's really going on here. So, absolutely, and that's I know when I get into depth with my clients, that's one thing they go, oh my, there's a lot of detail on that. Yeah, because I'm looking forward with you. There's like a yes, it's, it's like you talk about the streams. Like I do, I follow that line. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I project on that line what it's looking for. You know, that's an amazing thing. But it's like, I like that you're bringing up, it's like asking the better question or mm-hmm. like <laughs> you might be asking the wrong question. And so that kind of does play a part. And the divine timing kind of does come in a big part of doing that. And I suppose, you know, we touched on a little bit about that surrender aspect. You have to sometimes surrender to divine timing and those kind of things. 
So those processes where you've got, you look at the pattern and it's okay to ask. Like, I think some people might get, how do they say it to me? They say things like, I feel like I'm a bit of a broken record. I keep asking the same question. I get an answer and I get an answer. And this brings me up because um, it's just, it's coming to my brain because I recently did an event and I was connecting with mediumship and this lovely old lady comes in. Her name was Alice. I'll never forget her. And in this situation, like it's amazing how many people ask for a sign from spirit. Like, is this meant to be? And she says, I'm coming through because I have been sending signs and they're not getting them. And I was like, so I've said this. And I said, okay, I'm asking her in my mind. And she's, she gave me the whole story. And she says, right, I've been sending feathers. I have given you a lot of feathers, but you're not recognizing the feathers. And you kept doubting the feathers to a point where you asked your friend, are these feathers a sign from her in spirit? And your friend said, no, it's just a bird feather. And then she goes, well, then I sent you the whole bloody bird and the bird smacked into the windshield and they, and then as soon as I said that, the lady in the corner, she's going, that's me. Oh, my God, oh my that's God. my yeah. mum. And she goes, and the lady who I asked about the signs is right sitting right beside me, and she just went red. Oh, she's my like, gosh. Oh my God. I said, I sent you the whole bloody bird, and you still didn't believe <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so some people get funny about asking again. Do you think it's okay mm-hmm. to ask? Because that's where that trust and that self-doubt, because we're like, oh, is it? Is it not? Am I getting that message? Do I want it, that usual stuff? You know, have you? Do you find it okay to ask again? Yes. Well, kind of this this mix of asking all the time and completely relaxing, just like because I I like this idea of there's this idea of like the red thread of destiny where you cannot miss what you're being led to. That sounds like a great title for a book. I'm just going to say the red <laughs> I think thread it, of it's, destiny. It's something. It's something like a, <laughs> a like a maybe it's a Chinese proverb or something. I'm, I'm not be. really sure where it came from, but, yeah. but this idea that you can't miss your destiny. And so you can ask and ask and ask. Yes, I do that. And then you can also be like, I'll know it when it gets here. Like, mm. I don't have to worry or stress. And that's funny about the feathers. That's like, like there has been times when I've been so doubting. And one time I was considering writing another book, or I was, cons- I was confused about what I was supposed to be doing. And I went on a hike with my husband and I was like, damn it, I need to know what my path is and I need to know by the end of this hike. Okay? Oh, so yeah. yeah so you know, they usually those backfire and, and <laughs> don't, don't work that well. But yeah. but so so we're walking along in the hike, it's beautiful, and I keep like every little animal, I'm like, there's the sign, or you know, not, but there was nothing. It was just like a pleasant hike and yeah. and nothing happened. And I was really I was again, here I am. I'm upset. I'm like, why is it not happening? So we go over to this little picnic table and and sit down for a moment. And I was just like, you know, it's really sad because I asked for this sign and nothing happened. And then I looked down at my feet and there is a a very giant feather. It's about this long. It's like a white feather. And I said, look, there's a feather. That's a sign. And I said, but I don't know what it means. My husband looks at me like I'm insane and he's like, it's a quill, you idiot. It's for writing. You're supposed to keep writing. And there it was. It was a white quill. Like wow. from and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so and so 
So this is my life. Like I never know what's going on. It's the signs are clear as day. I'm always misinterpreting, but you just have to keep going with that because you know, you just little caveat here for anyone watching, listening. Remember, as much as we deal with this every day, it's like anything, it's the proverbial forest from the trees, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it is like as much as we're in it, we're really good at doing it for everyone else. Yeah. But we can't read for ourselves. So we experience the same pain. And that's what we're talking about. And that's why we're bringing it up. But I love the fact that you got a quill. And I love the way, <laughs> I love the fact that your husband's there going, come on, seriously. Hello? Don't understand that. You've been asking the question. You ask for it all day. You finally get it. And you go, oh, but I'm not sure what it yeah. means. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that brings, exactly. Up, brings up a really important point. I want to ask how important or what part does expectation play? on the trust or self-doubt factor? Well, I think that expectation, for me, I expect that I will receive an answer for sure Yep. because, because that's been proven over years and years and years of doing these practices and it always happens. Yep. I expect that the answer may be different than what I thought or hoped or even considered it may be different and i expect that it will be for my highest good because that's how the universe works in my opinion yep no i'm, so, I'm totally in the same way yeah. with you there and i love that you've mentioned that because it is it's and i jumping in with that because you've the things there because when you look at expectation you've worked like i can see even that you you're under like i know i can see that brain ticking away there and going yep the expectation with the trust and the self-doubt do you find that people might get caught up in what they expect the answer to be? It's almost like there's an attachment to yeah. the question. Yeah. So a, a very common example might be someone might come and they're asking all these questions about a relationship, uh, like that maybe they're married. And like I'll see right away that, in that situation, the marriage isn't going to stay. Yeah. It's just, there's somebody's what, for whatever reason. Yeah. And so, so it's really difficult to like, we see what we see. The person is still on the track of, I would never get divorced or I would never, you know, I have to be married and we can already see that then you have to sort of work with the person around their belief system and respect their need to be in the process, you know, it's their life. Yeah. And but just offer what we see without any kind of judgment or I'm yeah. not sure that answered exactly, but that's a very common situation. Like they have this somebody wants it to be one way and it's just not going to be. I think so now taking that context and it's like that's I mean I think again it's the forest from the trees. So when we're connecting with a, a client and helping with that, I totally agree. We just see it for what it is. And I think because we don't have that emotional attachment to mm -hmm. the outcome or what the answer is going to be. We can see it for what it truly is. We're not trying to cherry pick the idea or the situation. Yeah. And I think that plays a very significant part when you as a person, so, you know, are asking as a, anybody who's listening, when you're asking for the universe for that sign, or you're looking for an answer to the question, you know, you're going to ask why you're getting this self-doubt, why are you asking that question? I would like looking at these examples that Sarah's been talking about is you've got to release that expectation and attachment to the outcome. And I think, you know, coming right back full circle, almost like you released the 
expectational outcome with your novel writing. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing coming that full circle. But when we look at this, though, you know, it is, it's like, you know, the self-doubt and trust is always going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's something like, so, but you've kind of developed your own little way of doing it. And I think the big thing is practice too. Mm-hmm. Like it's through experience, like you, you've learned. And maybe some help with your husband along the way by the sounds yeah, of it. But, yeah, 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 absolutely. But, you know, a bit of outside help never hurts, but we have that. But, you know, looking at it because it is a common thing, now adding that, realising we've got expectations and attachments, we, we should really, like, look at that first and we've got to almost surrender those to the universe when we're asking the question. But let's get into it and let's have a look. What other, what are some tips that you can give our listeners and viewers like succinctly to help work through this self-doubt is this me is this them so what are some tips that you can give us well I think that it's okay if you just really can't trust you don't have to trust you can still work on your spiritual connection practices which could be I I, I work with a kind of meditation style I call intuitive gathering where you're not going super deep but you can you can learn this stuff it's like you can learn the piano, or you can learn to paint, you can, you can learn intuition. Um, so you start to work with that. And you can, if you can't trust yet, just let that go. You mm. know, just don't trust. It's fine. And then taking a look and being really honest with yourself about, like, I work with a lot of people who have a lot of really old belief systems or belief systems that are piled on them from childhood or cultures, schools, family, like start to chip away at that and discover, you know, who you are outside of all of what you were loaded down with as your your operating system. Most of it's not real, like like <laughs> letting go of a lot of that. And then and then a lot of people have like tremendous trauma in their, you know, childhood coming up or, you know, like there's there's abuse of all kinds, addiction, bad habits that they're doing now and like really looking like, so say you're a person with, a, you know, who drinks a lot. So that's going to cloud everything. Or if you're a person with the, like a big shopping issue, like kind of looking at like, where are your habits unhealthy? And it's not to put any judgment or blame on that, but like kind of looking at like, how am I acting in the world? How am I showing up? And just looking at the pieces that are a little more unhealthy or not useful and kind of looking at like, how is this preventing me from being able to connect clearly? If you're just like in super, and I don't have any judgment at all, but if you're in super party. But it's an outside influence? Yeah, it's it's like it's going to it's going to like if you're eating junk food all day long or you're partying all the time, like it's going to affect or if you're always fighting with your sister or if you're you know shopping on Amazon all day long or saying for a friend <laughs> I was gonna say there, there's a I think this shopping thing's coming up a little no. bit too often here yeah yeah so it's, but, a, but like it's, just, all these, it's for a friend it's for yeah, a friend or like or like if you're on your phone all the time like all these ways of like sort of being distracted yeah okay like if you're distracted like look at like what am I distracting from because there's probably a deeper answer there to 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 explore like and i suppose and that's been i totally understand that i refer that to is there's things that there, we, we do distract ourselves but it's like the junk in the trunk and what yeah, i mean is yeah. upstairs there's stuff there that's actually going to cloud that and i think we, we talked about it i don't think it was quite mentioned when we were recording but 
you talk about the the dam building up the beaver dam so these things so one of the things you recommend is really becoming aware or mindful of your own actions and how that's influencing your headspace yes and not doing it from a place of shame or 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 uh, any kind of self-judgment just like what's there like what needs to be sort of realigned or healed released maybe maybe um, some people do really well with therapy or work with a healer like change some habits like just just look at it like 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 I always think like you wouldn't give a toddler like a phone or junk food or alcohol like you keep them pretty like healthy so like if your own self is not being treated that way, that's probably going to cloud all of your ability to like hear these messages that the universe is trying to help you with. Well, so yeah, okay. So in, in that essence, it's like really looking at yourself, and, mm-hmm. I, and that's you know, in whatever we're doing like that, it is ultimately going to affect our energy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how we. And that's mean uh, we're all energy, and how we're going to receive that energy. And if if you're distracted, you're not going to hear those messages or receive yeah. those messages in the first place. So. That's a really important way of looking at it because I'm look there are look and it's it's just the reality of the situation. There will be people who are listening to this going, but I ask questions and I don't receive answers. Well, you know they can send you the whole bloody bird and yeah. give you all the feathers you want, but unless you're really paying attention or even have the uh, awareness to work on receiving them in the first place, yeah, it's going to make it very very hard. So that's a that's a re- I love that tip. It's like making sure you're aware of your. Re- it's I suppose like your receivership, for a lack of a better word. Yeah, it's almost like yeah, this this feeling of like sometimes people. I'm sure you talk about this. You get this full body chill when something is yes. real. So you want it's almost like you want that feeling of excitement or expectation or magic or something's happening like. Every time you go out or in every part of your life, it's like the universe is communicating. And so what's going to happen today? It's a really exciting way to go about your life. Like it's, it, something's going to be communicated. I can't wait to discover what it'll be. I like that because it's, yeah. And it's actually, because it is being communicated. So once yeah. you work on your receivership, like we were talking about before, then it's about like acknowledging it and saying it is being communicated. And I suppose it's learning what that is for you as an individual, isn't it? So, yeah. like, as you know, like, I, I get the goosebumps, especially when I'm in the mediumship mode. It's like, they yes. go, yeah, I'm like, that's it. It's like, there's no doubts whatsoever. It's completely doubt. What's one of your little, little idiosyncrasies with that when you know it's being communicated to you? I was just on a little trip. So I live in a kind of a conservative town and I just took a little day or a couple day trip up to some islands in the West US and I got there and something was different, right? And I couldn't put my finger on it. And I realized that what I was sensing was like everything was awake. Like the people were not maybe not every single person, but lots of people were awake. The nature was wild awake. There was a nature-human interface that was conscious. It just was alive. Like like when you go into a forest and you're just like, whoa, it was that. That just sense of this is different. This is amazing. It was astounding. And it was just because of the consciousness level was lifted up. 
it was lifted up and it obviously just hit you when you were receiving it. Yeah, it, yeah. Automatically, you, you're trying to equalize and get to that level to feel, and you'd feel yourself being lifted yeah. to that. Yeah. Or I, I remember um, being in. I've taught in Hawaii some, and like here, here, here in the U.S., you when you take people into meditation, you have to lift the vibration up. And in Hawaii, like you have to bring people down <laughs> in order to because okay. there's so much. There's so much. There's so much. Like I don't know etheric energy there it's like people are all up in this space and you're like okay we got to go to this place where we're going to meditate so you guys got to like come Hawaii's down is the place people just sign <laughs> natural highs natural yeah. highs <laughs> the island the island vibe yeah. the island high <laughs> yeah so and then it's interesting it's being aware so that's another great way of being aware of the consciousness or the energy that you're in as as well so that's me so and i think there's some really important tips that we acknowledge is understanding the receivership you know so being aware of our behaviors or patterns which may affect the receivership so you can ask the questions all day long but if your if your antenna is broken or your antenna is not yeah. even on yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. good luck <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah yeah or if you're yeah exactly and i think another tip is surrounding so it can be very difficult if you're a person um interested in this kind of work and the mainstream is not supportive so a very strong tip is go find community if you like so one of the reasons i started working uh, even online at all is because in the town i'm in there's nobody i mean there are some people but it's a very small four Percentage, people yeah. doing this yeah so wow. there's no yep. so i wanted to find community and so go into this kind of work, find groups, be with others that understand this and talk to them and help each other. Like this idea that souls help each other and each person has the puzzle piece that the next person needs. And so like, go join. Even if you're shy and and, and you just want to be online on a Zoom call with your photo off, just do it. Yeah. Just lurk. <laughs> be a lurker, but still be connect. <laughs> still connect no to self next time in sarah wiseman conference <laughs> have random name no picture and i'll be a lurker actually i'll, I'll call myself lurch spiritual <laughs> lurch yeah it's spiritual lurch that also really ties into that kind of receivership aspect and what you're kind of talking about and to sum that up it, and it's so important and i think it's something that very easy to forget and a lot of people do suffer from they don't have their tribe they don't have that community and you got to remember, you know, I know if you're listening to us now, you're listening to a friend because this is this is your vibe. This yeah, is your yeah. vibration. You're, you're here listening for a reason and your vibration, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. Even my Sarah was just saying, you know, it, that, that community for you didn't fall in your lap. You had to kind of really work at that one, didn't you? Again, these, these ways that the universe just leads us to the right person. One of my first introductions into the, in Portland, Oregon, there's quite a large psychic scene. And I was at an event. I sat at a table. The person across from me said, oh, do you know so-and-so? It's like, who? And then the next day <laughs> so I mean, called. Sorry, I don't know yeah, are. yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. And so the next day I called or probably called them. It was before email. I don't know. And then they're like, they're like, would you like to come to? We're having a psychic fair. Would you like to come? Like, yes. Then I met those people. So this idea of, and and then 
for me, finding that most people that do this kind of work or many people are very, very sensitive. They might be super introverted, kind of quirky, don't fit, feel they don't fit. And like, let's make a safe haven for all of us. Somebody said like, it's, it's the witches and the monks. Those were our past lives, you know, that we were the <laughs> witches and the monks and let's make a safe haven to bring this kind of awareness out and let's support each other because mainstream is still dominant. It's a dominant culture. So what we're bringing is kind of a pioneering work to be a new way of thinking about things. One of my bigger motivating factors is around the inner power community is providing it it's exactly those mm-hmm. words providing that safe place where yeah. you are free to be yourself speak mm-hmm. about these things and again you mentioned about the belief systems and how much they play an effect and they do like we're a beautiful small onion when we're born by the mm-hmm. time you reach 25 you're this big and it, yeah. you know, everybody yeah. else's crap and society's crap built up around you and you've forgotten what your core center is yeah. more or less alike. And I like that too, because it's like, it's about having that safe place. And I know it's a big thing for me. And, and so many people are appreciative of it because for the first time, for some, I feel like I can truly speak openly yes. without being judged or yes. someone forming an opinion. And it's such a powerful thing. But I love that other tip because not just community, but I liked what you mentioned there. And it's so like, I, I just, when you're talking about, I just had a quick moment of reflecting myself about people. And you've got to say community is great. And we have people in community, but people will be some of your biggest, like what's, what's the word I'm looking for? S- uh, signals or messages mm-hmm, will come mm-hmm. through people. Universe will mm-hmm. nudge you through people because yeah. there's a lot of us and that's who we tend to interact on a day-to-day basis. So it comes through people, like you said, you're sitting across opposite the table. Yeah. Then, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know who yeah. you are, but there goes yeah. one thing, another thing, another thing. So it's like. Yeah. People are communicating the same way. Like if it's pretty easy to communicate, say with an animal or with a plant or nature, but people, it's like, we're so similar. It's just very direct. It's just like somebody could just tell you something. You'll just or write you something. You'll just get it faster. So the universe will put us into, I, I also use this word um, convergence of, of this idea when uh, the person, time, and place all come together magically and that, it, and that creates a, a life-changing event. Like you meet the person that takes you to the next thing. And that could be a love relationship. It could be business partnership. It could be a friend. But that next step is like a convergence and the next step begins. And so even if you're an introvert, you can still do it in an introverty way. (laughs) You can still do it that way. You can just be with other shy people. It's fine. (laughs) You can do it in an introverty way. (laughs) I love that. I'm not not, going to forget that one. Uh, It's like, but just remember, you still do it. Because I know, but I totally do. I understand because I've got quite a few clients and members who are on the introverted side of things. And sometimes they feel like they are missing out. Yeah. because they feel like, um, and then I think I feel for them because quite often I find they uh, put guilt on themselves or they feel shame because they, they feel like they should be yeah, more out there or they should be connecting more. And I think it's great too, because it can happen. You can make it work 
even yeah. though you just like Sarah said, you know, you just do it in an introverted way. There are ways around it. So don't get hard on yourself. Being down on yourself is doesn't do anybody any favors. And it's quite interesting too, because Spirit will give me a nudge here with that. And this will just I want to probably finish over before we wrap it up. But do you like they're talking about this being hard on yourself and your own headspace? How does this influence? receiving messages and the trust and the self-doubt factor. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good way of putting it. I think a lot of the process of the whole thing is to like you said about we're the little onion then we become the layered onion. I I also see it like we 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 spend our whole life learning all this stuff that's not true until mm. till midlife and then from midlife on we spend the whole time releasing everything it's that we so was true. wrong it's so so, so yes yeah, oh, so, we're good gardeners aren't we we're just gonna we're gonna, we're gonna grow it and then yeah. we're just gonna strip it back yeah yeah so this idea of part of part of the whole reason to do this work is to get is to release everything that you're not and that is the shame and the doubt that's all just attaching to whatever misbelief you were raised with it's not real like you can just let that go and operate without it. And this entire way of, of working with, oh my gosh, with the, with the higher power, <laughs> so funny, but uh, this whole idea of working with something bigger than yourself will help you release all that falseness and bring you to less suffering, more enjoyment, more peace, just a happier, more purposeful life, which is the whole reason we're here. Beautifully said. And it's, we've got to do that. There is work involved. And obviously, you know, that's what we want to talk about. It's, these are some things. It's not always what you think the answer is going to be, even as you were saying before, Sarah, it's like you <laughs> expect an answer that you're not expecting, but it is. And I think, you know, we've got to be mindful of those mindsets and how, where our mind is at when we're working with the energy, because if our energy is lower, we're not going to be because it is a high power. They can lift you a little bit, but we can't rely on it to do it all for you. Yeah. If we're, if we have all this, you know, weights on our feet, it's harder. Like just take the weights off your feet. I do think one tip, one, a tip that like, I don't really believe like you have to have like a two hours meditation practice or you um, have to, I I just think a lot of these things like. I like you, Sarah. I like you a lot. (laughs) I just just hearing you say, I'm like, this chick's got it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you just like, so, so a lot of my process is like, I do like to, I meditate in the morning a little after my dreams, I journal, not much comes out really. It's just sort of like in case something's going to be there. A lot of my practice is just going a bike ride, going a walk, kind of relax, muse. It's like, it does not have to be formal. It's just this state of awareness and this state of receiving kind of all the time. And what notice, a wonderful yeah. tip. That is a huge one. I love that. That is something I think such a valid point of sometimes with everything done and like, it's great that so many people are more interested in what we're doing. But like you said, there's maybe there's too much structure yeah. with what we're trying to do now. Whereas, like you said, it's just, you know, as soon as you're saying, for me, like the beach, just yeah, yeah. walking on exactly. the beach is where I receive the most. I'm not meditating, but I consciously 
get myself into that state. Yeah, and you're in a, yeah. It's almost like your sofa, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is yeah. it a sofa? And, and I know I crashed myself and go, I didn't get to the beach down. I'm not as switched on as I should be. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. And but it's but yeah, it's just that idea of like a word would be making your life spacious. So not being too busy, not being too pressured, having time to just zone out. And because I do feel, especially with like, I have uh, kids that are in their twenties and, and they're kind of interested in this, but they have a lot of props and things like it's a different, and I'm like, you don't need any of that. You don't need this and that. And you just, they like it. So it works. It's great, yeah. but like, yeah. you don't really need it. And you have everything you need just right by yourself doing nothing. It, it's all there for you. Don't complicate it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Honestly. So I'm, I love this. I've, I've had to make notes because I'm like, wow, we've got some serious tips in here. I'm just going to quickly surmise them because I know just being aware of the time here is that you know we've got to look at the receivership and that's about the your behaviors reflecting on who you are what you're doing and what's how it's influencing you as an antenna mm-hmm. yeah so we've got that one then and i love this the way you said it you've got to acknowledge the communication <gasps> yes, i love the way yes. you said that acknowledge the communication it's an amazing thing and you'll have and i suppose like you're saying you, you everybody will have to find their own yeah mm-hmm. it's not set it's, you know, you have some common ones like other people might get the goosebumps, but not everybody's going to get the goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. And not everyone's going to be a medium and not everyone's going to be a clairvoyant and not everyone's going to be a hands mm. healer. Like it's just like in school, some people are good at maths and sciences and some people are good at languages. Like you're going to have your own little way that's the best. You don't, don't try and do them all. Beautiful. Do what's and that's easy for you. Yeah. A great analogy. Like it is. So you, you'll find your strengths. And just because what works for someone else around you doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So acknowledging your communication and being aware to receive that is going to be a big step in the right direction on that trust or self-doubt for you. Then comes another big one, which Sarah's talking about around your beliefs. We're getting into the lovely onion part mm-hmm. of it here. Mm-hmm. But that's the community, your vibe and your tribe. And look, I love it. Like, you know, even connecting with you, Sarah, like, it's just like anybody, it, you just, you're so much more natural. You're so much more free and there's less stress by finding that community. And when you've got people around you who are supporting you, it's going, that trust factor will increase for you. Yeah. Like you're going to yeah. believe in yourself more. You believe in yourself more. Your trust factor of what you're receiving will also increase. Yes. Yeah. So the community, so that's another one. Then we've got, it's, but also people be aware people will help interact with you. I love how you talk about the table and, you know, people are going to be around you. They will nudge you and guide you. And of course the best one of them all, I have to say, I love you. You left, you left the best to last. Just be you, be more spacious in your life, create that space. I love it because something I refer to is remember you have to sometimes actively create space for spirit yes. and universe to work in and provide yeah. space for them to work through you because we have a lot of crap in our head. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's one of those big things, but there's some awesome tips and I love it. Just remember guys, you know, everybody's going to go through it, practice, patience and perseverance. They're my three P's. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have served me well 
not my favorite things for any of my students because they go, here we go, the three Ps <laughs> once again. And some of them have been cheeky enough to dub them the four Ps because they're Peter's Ps. So it's Peter's <laughs> practice, perseverance, you know. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you know, they're like, yeah. like, yeah, funny, funny, funny. But it's it's something that I do kind of focus on. But I like it. Honestly, everybody, listen to what Sarah has mentioned there about that. If you can apply some practice and working with those tips, that trust and self-doubt, the trust will go up and the self-doubt will go down. Yeah. And once that starts to happen, you really are living more in flow, aren't you? Yeah. And once that starts to happen, remember, like I know so many people on the path helped me with that connection. And then remember, like you take the hand that's helping you and then you put your hand down to help every other person like i know how to do that let me show you this or you just help them you just you just help other people and it's just it's i i think it's more exciting to help other people who are learning than even than it was for me to even learn how to do this stuff it's it's like it's so much more i don't know it just it just is really a big feeling <laughs> it's really uh, big and look you can tell like when you get speechless like you just did you know yeah. it's it's just a calling and it's something in the core of yourself and i i couldn't have come up with a more elegant way and a beautiful way to wrap this episode up because it is like as much as and that's what we hear guys we we've been through it we want to help you and again i just want to offer a big thanks to sarah for your time, your insight, your expertise, your advice. I could keep going on with the list of adjectives. It would be endless, but honestly, thank you so much for your time. And of course, if anybody you want to find out, just make sure Sarah Wiseman keeps things simple. She's easy to find. SarahWiseman.com. Like it. Go over and have a look. And as she has pointed out before, if you want to get it, she's happy to communicate with you, but she likes email. <laughs> <laughs> So get ready, Sarah, your inbox is about to be inundated. Yes. Um, So, but it's just like, but the whole thing is, but if to, like, don't be afraid to go check out what's on Sarah's website because there'll be something there to help you. Wherever, whatever step or part of the journey you are on, she's there to help. But again, thank you so much for your time, Sarah. Oh, Peter. Well, yeah, just really awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. And I hope you've got and learnt a bit out of this episode. Hopefully it's helped you. And of course, if you and all the links and stuff, we do love it in the show notes. But thanks for joining in and listening once again. And I'll see you and hear from you on the next episode. Thanks. Have a good one.